In this episode, I'll look at how to improve your horse's movement, and I'll talk about the very first steps that are usually overlooked. So instead of jumping right into aids to change their bodies, we're going to take a moment to observe them. So here we go. Episode 135, Improve Your Horse's Movement, Part 1. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. I have a four-part video series that I put out every now and then, and I call it a laser training video series, and it's about how to improve how your horse moves. And it's really focused on the first most important steps. And I focus on these steps because they're usually overlooked. When people think about how to improve their horse moves, it's really easy to just start thinking about their bodies and their posture and what you need to do and what exercise you need to use to try to start changing that. And, you know, that's definitely important. But I always like to take a step back and make sure that people are focusing on the bigger picture and are approaching improving their horse's movements um, from a from a place where they're getting the most information about their horse, right? We never, we can never get where we want to go, or we can, we don't know the directions of how to get where we want to go if we're not sure where we're starting from, right? So, um, this uh, what I call the laser training series is four videos for super short videos, which is why it's called laser training. And each video makes one point and has one exercise. And then I actually have a little bit more of a discussion video that goes with it. And so on this podcast, I thought, well, this would be cool to kind of give you the same information that's there. Not exactly the same, but I'll talk about it. And if you'd like to see this video series, you can opt in and I'll send it to you. Uh, It's free. And you go to dressagenaturally.net slash laser. That's L-A-S-E-R. And if you're listening to this podcast episode beyond like, you know, in the next months from now, I can't guarantee that that opt-in will still be up and working because uh, we sort of put these out um once or twice a year. But if you're listening right now upon the release of this episode, you can definitely find it. So dressagenaturally.net slash laser, L-A-S-E-R. And the reason it's called laser is because the videos are so short. Well, the first video is super short and it gives one concept and one exercise to do. And then again, more of a discussion, but you're going to get more of a discussion here. So I'm going to give you kind of the basic idea of what I talk about in the series. Uh, I put these out twice a year, usually ahead of the um, finding the sweet spot of healthy biomechanics course uh, registration open because it's a great pre-work for the course. 
And well, it's just also really good information to listen to at any time. All right, so let's start way back at the beginning with creating movement goals. So I think the the most important thing to understand is that the way your horse moves can improve. It might sound kind of obvious to say that, but I think it's really easy sometimes to see our horse and just think, oh, that's just the way he is. Oh, he's just on the forehand. He's a really flat mover. Oh, he's just really tense. Whatever it is, you know, he's just got a short stride. And even if we intellectually know that, of course, we can improve how horses move, sometimes uh, the message we give ourselves subconsciously by, you know, labeling our horses is so powerful that we think, well, yes, I understand that I could improve how my horse moves. But in the back of your mind, some little voice is going, yeah, but he's just a ploppy on the forehand horse. (laughs) So we need to be really confident when we start approaching our horse and trying to improve how they move. And that's why it's so important to say out loud that you can improve how your horse moves. Even, you know, any horse can become a little more supple, a little freer, a little more aligned, a little more whatever you want him to be. And so that's why the very first step is to figure out when you say, oh, I want him to be a little more whatever, what is the whatever? (laughs) Like, what are we trying to do? So creating movement goals, uh, the simple exercise that goes on this video or it goes in this this topic, is to take a blank piece of paper and draw a line down the middle. And on the left side of that line, you write down a list of adjectives that describe your horse now. Describe how your horse moves right now. And you can be general, and you can also get specific, like you could give general adjectives, and then you could give specific adjectives for like the walk or the trot or the canter. And then on the right-hand side of that line that you drew down the middle, you're going to dream and you're going to write down all the adjectives that you would like to use to describe how your horse moves. So where you're going to, on this one piece of paper, you're going to have where you're starting from and where you want to go. And so you can think about why, why are we doing this? There's a number of reasons. This exercise with the adjectives is something I often do at clinics, especially for people new to to dressage naturally. And it's really good to, to task your brain to go, no, really, no, really, what are you trying to do? Like, what are we trying to create? And we're not just doing exercises because Karen said so, or some other trainer said so, or just for the sake of doing them, we want to think about what's the result that we want from doing these exercises. So we want to have those adjectives really in the front of your mind. And if they're in the front of your mind, then you're going to be able to better notice your horse when they're moving, and you're going to be able to better notice changes. Your subconscious mind is really powerful and just sort of priming your brain to be 
more aware of whatever these adjectives are, you're, you know, if you prime your brain to have these adjectives in the front of your mind of the ones you want, your brain's going to automatically be trying to identify, oh, I felt springier. Oh, I felt freer. (laughs) Right. So you're just going to make sure that you know what you're looking for, because let's face it, sometimes the improvements that we get with our horses are small and last like one stride. <laughs> and if we're if we're so busy thinking of something else or the exercise or the shape of them or whatever it might be, and we're not thinking the purpose of the exercise is to have more engagement and cadence, then if they suddenly get more cadence, they, sometimes horses will get more, it, they will improve how they move in the middle of something not working. I know that sounds really weird, but sometimes you'll, your horse will improve when you think you're asking for one thing and they don't do that, but they do a different thing. And if we're too focused on the technical part of the the exercise, we might go, oh, they did it wrong. And we're not going to notice, oh my gosh, look how balanced and springy they are, (laughs) right? Who here has experienced um, some of the best transitions that you've ever gotten are ones you did not ask for. Or you were asking for one thing and they did another transition. I'm raising my hand here. (laughs) Is anybody else raising their hand? (laughs) I mean, that's happened to me. So another thing to think about when you're doing this exercise is that you don't need to know dressage terms, right? So even if you're not that knowledgeable about what the, how to, you know, what are the terms for describing how horses move? Don't worry about it you can use anything. Like if you don't know what engaged or cadenced, you know, or schwungy, (laughs) schwung feels like, you know, don't worry about it. You can describe uh, things like, you know, whipped cream. I want my horse to feel like whipped cream, you know, that's okay. You can use whatever term pops into your brain and makes sense in your mind. You can just describe qualities. You can describe feelings. You can describe sensations. They can be about mental states, emotional states, physical states, right? So that feeling of focus and power and softness and, um, you know, like they're reading your mind and they're really, you know, calm. So just don't limit yourself when you're making the list. When you're writing down words, don't be thinking, is this the right sort of word to write down? Just write down words. What do you use to describe your horse? And then on the right-hand side of the page, how would you like to describe your horse? Another reason for doing this is because a lot of people, um, when they start quote unquote doing dressage, um, end up getting too focused on what exercise to do or what the horse needs to look like. And often they'll start to study, um, you know, photos or videos of Olympic horses, right? But that doesn't always help when they're actually out there riding their own horse. And students can get stuck doing dressage when they doubt themselves and their feel or their eye. So trust that you absolutely can see and you absolutely can feel differences. You might not yet understand what you're seeing and feeling. You might not have the correct terminology, but that doesn't mean that you're not still seeing and feeling. You can feel. You just need to build your confidence and understanding around it. 
And your horse cares about how you feel about what you're feeling in the moment. So feel with confidence and then learn what that feeling means. Even students or riders with more dressage experience, you have to think about instead of focusing on, you know, what's the right position or how do I get the horse to do the exercise or movement? Think about making the goal. What do you want it to feel like? What are the qualities? What's the essence of the movement and the dynamic? Because here's the thing, you can do, for example, canter trot transitions in a way that creates more relaxation and more elasticity in the horse's back. You can do shoulder in in a way that creates more engagement and more bend and suppleness and lightness, but only if you do them looking for those specific qualities. Because you can also do canter trot transitions to create balance and power. And you could do shoulder ins to create more straightness and alignment, but only if you do them looking for those qualities. So the adjectives are important. It's not just about doing stuff and getting it done. It's about how do you want your horse to do it? And I want you all to know that you can feel. Your horse cares about how you feel about what you're feeling in the moment. So practice feeling with confidence, and then you can take your time to learn what that feeling actually means. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are going to be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls, and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. Okay, so hopefully you've got your piece of paper with the line down the middle and the adjectives that you have on the left and the adjectives you want on the right. And we know we can feel stuff. <laughs> so next, I want to talk about the difference between healthy and unhealthy ways of moving and that they have consequences. So when we think about healthy, I think about the horse being mentally emotionally and physically in a balance in a way that they are free to use their bodies for movement, right? They're aligned in a way that their top line can let go to contract and relax and contract and relax and be a shock absorber for the whole body and not be braced trying to hold the weight of the rider in some contortion. 
When we think about healthy movement, I think about a stretch ability as well as as engagement, right? Not plopping on the forehand. And when they're healthy in their movement, then their body works in harmony and it takes pressure off of the joints. Meaning like if there's brace or strain in the, or crookedness in the body, it's going to put extra weight on one particular joint, right? If something else is tight, then something else is getting stretched and strained. And healthy movement, I have a crazy idea that it feels better. So when I picture uh, healthy movement, I picture, you know, it can be, well, I wanna say like round, but that's, there's a lot of bad pictures of round, but I picture an elasticity, a feeling of, calmness as well as power. I feel like there's a um, energy ready to access, but it's the energy of, of calm desire to move and not anxiety. But there's, there's a flowing, a balance and a suppleness. There's a feeling of contract, relax, contract, relax, not just contracted (laughs) and not just relaxed. So contrasting that with unhealthy biomechanics, and this is where you might've heard me describe it this way. I think there's two different categories of unhealthy biomechanics, um, active and inactive, right? So if, if healthy is this flowing and a combination of relaxation and energy, which is power, then unhealthy could be either they're too inactive and that's the sort of unathletic horse just plopping along with like whatever the horse equivalent of slouching <laughs> in a human is and just kind of plopping along all the weights going on the front end and they're not enlivened right and then so that would be unhealthy inactive unhealthy biomechanics and then what i call active unhealthy biomechanics. And these are just terms that I made up because I find them helpful. But the active is like, there's something actively going wrong. So there's either active anxiety that's putting the horse in a highly contracted state, or there's a rider helping to make this happen where there's an active conflict, active pulling, active tension being added in, actively being thrown off balance. And so again, it's not a perfect model, but I think if you think about it, you can probably take most horses that have unhealthy biomechanics and kind of put them in those two general categories. And so now that we have these three, we have healthy, this picture of healthy, and then the picture of active unhealthy and inactive unhealthy. And I would take a second to think about what kind of adjectives you would use to describe these. So picture in your mind, a very healthy moving horse. And you know, I would use, I already use some adjectives, right? So free, powerful, calm, energized, aligned, flowing, stretchable, contract, relax, contract, relax. Like, so those are the sorts of words I might write down, the sorts of adjectives I might write down for a healthy moving horse. Then there's the adjectives for uh, inactive unhealthy, and I might use ploppy or flat or on the forehand or bored or 
dull or shut down or, you know, whatever pops into my mind when I picture those kinds of, or horses in those kinds of states. An active, unhealthy biomechanics, tense, contracted, conflicted, bracing, you know, argumentative, confused, you know, fearful, you know, whatever those adjectives are. So I would definitely, you can hit pause if you want to and write down your own list and just know this is changeable. So a second ago, I actually caught myself and I almost said, um, you know, if there is a horse who is actively unhealthy. And instead I said something like when they are in an actively unhealthy state, because here's the thing, it's not that there's something wrong with the horse. It's a dynamic, it's a a state and it is changeable, but it's really important to understand kind of what category basically your horse is in because the solutions are different. right? You're going to approach the actively unhealthy horse differently than the inactively unhealthy horse. They're, they're in a completely different starting place. So when you read textbooks about, you know, how to give the perfect half halt, how to get your horse on the bit and what the aids for working trot are, I always get really frustrated because I'm thinking, you know, I'm reading that and then I'm picturing, you know, the multitude of students that I've worked with and thinking, Well, maybe, but there are so many coming from so many different places. And a lot of the instruction manuals for dressage are kind of implying that you've got a horse who's like ready to go, (laughs) ready to do this. And that's not always the case. There's a lot more to do. So once you have all those adjectives written down for these different states, Now we can compare it to the adjectives that you wrote down for your horse and how they are right now. And you can kind of compare those mental pictures in your mind of each of those states and compare that to your horse. And now do this without judgment. It's not a bad horse or a perfect horse. It's just, it just is what it is. So non-judgmental awareness here, just look at your horse, Look at the picture in your mind, what you're trying to create and figure out which category are, are there, is there more overlap, like a little Venn, Venn diagram, right? And so get more of a handle on where is your horse's starting point. Now, the other thing that I want you to think about in this section is when, So you might, some of you might be having trouble figuring out the exact adjectives for your horse because maybe your horse is very different in different situations. So it's not uncommon to have a horse who's maybe super chill, boring looking, like you'd walk right past them in the pasture. Uh, But then when you play with them, they really come to life. Or when you play with them, they get all the fear comes up and they're completely different looking than when, than how they are in the pasture. And there's horses that are the other way around. They're like freaking out and running and playing and exuberant and bucking all over the place in the pasture. And then you play with them and they're almost dull and flat for whatever reason. I mean, sometimes that's nice. (laughs) So in the, in part two of this, we're going to look a little bit more into 
what to do with that information. But for right now, just think about like when you have that list of adjectives and I said you could look at it globally and then you could get specific, you know, as far as walk, trot, canter. Well, you can also get specific as far as, you know, well, in the turnout here and on the trail, it's this other way. And then here's my adjectives for him in the arena. And already that's going to be, I mean, a huge block of information that you can use. So those are the two things I want you to think about. Getting that list of adjectives to create movement goals, find out where you are, where you want to go. And then next, think about healthy and unhealthy ways of moving. Create that picture in your mind. And again, you can go to dressagenaturally.net slash laser and opt in and I'll show you pictures <laughs> and well, you can have the videos. You'll get the page with the videos and you'll be able to have that forever. And I go through these again, but just know there are healthy and unhealthy ways of moving. They have consequences because if you're braced and unhealthy, you're going to have uneven wear and tear. You're going to have strain, pain. <laughs> Something's going to catch up with you at some point where, whereas healthy movement there's the whole body works in harmony, takes pressure off individual joints, or at least distributes that, decreases strain, feels good, feels happier. All right. And we distinguish between the active and inactive unhealthy biomechanics. So once you get that picture of that in your mind, compare it to the list of adjectives you have, find yourself on the map. Think about when your horse changes from one state to the other. And that's already giving you clues for how we're going to solve and improve how your horse moves. So super short little exercise for you guys. Uh, have fun with that. Again, check out dressagenaturally.net slash laser. And again, if you're listening to this podcast way after it was released, no promises that that uh, opt-in page still works, but uh, go grab it now while it does. All right. I'll see you next week. We'll do part two of this discussion. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book, you can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process. <laughs>